0: Today on The Breakdown, we have a hand today, which Grant Dennison said to me just before what we started recording, that this is one of the great plays. I'm not going to say in what way, so we don't spoil anything, but one of the great plays he's seen. I said afterward, I don't think I'm capable of making this play. Grant said he doesn't think he may be capable of making this play. What play could it be? I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to spoil everything, but what I am going to tell you is this. It's a $5,100 cash game. Thousands of dollars are on the table and are in play. Big hands will be made, and there will be big decisions afoot. Let's get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I'm sure I said it was one of the great plays that
1: I've seen. It's a play, and it may be impressive looking, but
0: I'm not sure it's good. I'm not really sure it's good. I believe, and I'm just—I—I I, I don't want to say this is verbatim, but I did write it down. So I'm just reading what I wrote here. Hold on. You said trolling me. This is right better now, this... than yep, any play trolling. Phil Ivy has ever made. Uh huh. And I'm a dummy. <laughs> That's what you said. So I'm just that's just verbatim. That's just, that's the quote. So I don't know. I, you, people can interpret that however they want. You know, if you want to say that doesn't mean it's one of the great plays. Fair enough.
1: Here I'm going to read verbatim in the same vein. <laughs> yeah, a text that I received from Jonathan Levy at 11:42 p.m. last night, and it's oh I can't, oh there it is. Okay, it says do spelled D U E. You think it's okay? <laughs> To
0: microwave soup. That, that that's the text. That's a verbatim. god darn lie. I would. I don't. I wouldn't have spelled do that way.
1: It's just as true. It's just as true as your verbatim Here's quote of me. A verbatim
0: <laughs> quote from Grant. All right, I'll just let it go. It's,
1: yeah, I. I give you credit and me credit. I think we both spontaneously came up with some pretty good fake verbatim's.
0: Yeah pretty decent. No, that was pretty good. The <laughs> spelling do wrong was pretty nice, I must say. Did you actually read <laughs> nice. that from something? Because it looked like you were actually scrolling no. on your computer, but they can't I see was, it, so I thought maybe it was real.
1: I was getting into character.
0: Uh, you did a good job. You did a good job. Yeah. I guess I did the same thing, actually. I picked up my notepad as if I was reading from yeah. it, right? <laughs> it helps. It actually helps. Um Anyway, yeah, all right. This is at, this is at least a fascinating play that we're going yes, to get into, and I'm excited to talk about it. I really am. Like, I don't even know, man. You know, this is like... Hey, speaking of... Uh, yeah.
1: I want to... Speaking of things that help, you know, just thinking about like how that... Like, holding something up helped you like get into the character you were doing. Sure. Here's a quick public speaking tip for anybody who's terrified of public speaking that really is effective. I found it effective for me back when I used to not love public speaking so much. If, if the situation allows for it, just hold a cup. Hold like a coffee cup. It really like... It adds a comfort level to it it's good it works
0: it's because people don't know what to do with their hands and now they have a, yeah. something to do it they don't have to think about that anymore yeah right yeah. yeah for sure great tip grant anything else thanks any other any other life um, pro tips you want to give out lpts let me think about
1: that let me think about that wash your towels before the first time you use them especially if they're cheaper
0: towels wash you it. know they could have Sorry, go ahead. A
1: lot of stuff on them, and uh, towels especially will slough off on you and get your body all towel-y.
0: But really, wash all clothes before you use them. Like, if you buy clothes, wash them. They put chemicals on that stuff, man, to keep them, like, weird and clean and stuff. It's not good. You don't want that stuff on your body. Wash them. Here's a little tip. Here's another little tip. Uh, You can sneak food into movie theaters really easily, and I highly Ah. encourage you to do it. (laughs) It's great. Alcohol, too. Oh, yeah. Alcohol, too, buddy. You know who likes to do that is Wonka. Wonka's a big beer drinker in the in the movie theater.
1: I mean, of course. Of course Wonka is <laughs> age 40 still sneaking beer into the movie <laughs> we'll theater. We'll be sitting.
0: We, we, like, we went to see the last few Star Wars movies together when they came out. And uh, we, we see all those, like, the Avengers movies. We see that stuff together. And, yeah, like, it is beyond normal. Like, I don't even know he has anything. Like, we're like an hour in and Hulk is in trouble. You know, Thanos is about to kill Hulk. And I just hear this, like, psh- and I look over, <laughs> and he's just op- cracked open a beer. And he's like already starting to sip, and he's got a huge smile on his face. He's like in heaven. You know, for You guys yeah. don't know who we're talking about. We're talking about Wonka, who is uh, one, of our, one of our regs on Poker Time and also uh, a good friend. Yeah.
1: He, uh, he walks to the beat of his own drum. Yes, he does, in a, in a wonderful way.
0: Yeah. Happy-go-lucky. <sighs> truly. Truly one of the happiest people we know. Anyway, so yeah, drinking beer that's and movie been, theaters uh, cheap. That's, that's the, been
1: life pro tips with Grant and Jonathan. Yeah,
0: that's the new podcast. And I have no idea. Yeah,
1: I have no idea how I pulled it off. One quick story, but when I was twenty three, me and some of my college friends who are still around in Portland, where we live now, we uh, f- tried and failed desperately to uh, to start like an online beer magazine. We actually had some fun articles that we did, but me and one of my other friends, who uh, is a very funny guy decided we were going to co-write a a serial article that was just about us getting drunk and watching Nicolas Cage movies and then reviewing them and reviewing the beers that we drank while we watched the Nicolas Cage movies. And at this time, The Sorcerer's Sorcerer's Apprentice was in theaters. Wow. I don't know how we pulled it off, but we managed to sneak a 24-pack of PBR into the movie theater. There was nobody in there because it's the fucking Sorcerer's Apprentice. And we finished off the 24-pack of PBR in the movie theater watching The Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage. And then we... Wrote drunken reviews of it.
0: I can tell you how you pulled it off. There's a very straightforward way you pulled it off. Everyone there work, working gets like minimum wage and do not care at yeah. all. They do not care. Like yeah. you have to be really egregious. Basically, that's the that's the secret about movie theaters. I'm just giving this away. The employees don't care. Just don't lord it over them. They don't. Right. They're happy for you to sneak stuff in. They're happy for you to like. Watch more movies than just the one you paid for. They don't care at all. Go into the expenses. Go into the IMAX theater. They don't care as long as it's not sold out. Just don't do it so obviously that they like, have to roll their eyes and make you stop. Yeah. They're not trying to stop you. They don't care at all. That's 100% true. Yeah, Back
1: that's before great. I turned seven, before, before I turned 17, my friends and I would always just buy tickets to a PG movie and go to an R movie. And like mm. nobody cared ever. It's not a problem.
0: Actually, it's weird. So me and uh, some friends saw the Marky Mark Planet of the Apes movie when it came out. So this is like what two thousand and two or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, and uh, a terrible movie. So we went to the movie theater and saw it, and it was bad. And so we there was some other action movie that we were like, let's go into that one after after the Marky Mark one was over. Like we're well, that was awful. Let's go see like something better and like sneak in. And uh, and one of the one of the theater employees like stopped us. And my friend Eric. God bless him. He spent a good solid like six minutes trying to talk her into letting us go in anyway for free, even though she was absolutely trying to kick us out of the movie theater. He's like, but the Planet of the Apes movie was so bad. It's not fair. Like, we paid for that. We should be allowed to see this one. And it didn't work. We actually did not. We were not allowed to see that movie. Like, that's the only theater employee I think I've ever found who actually cares. <laughs> we, somehow yeah. we got a little unlucky there. <laughs> I think it was maybe that's like bad, the man. third Jurassic Park movie or something. I don't know. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was sad. It was sad. Because that that Planet of the Apes movie was awful and had, like, the worst ending ever. Like, the dumbest worst ending ever.
1: I kind of remember it. It's like, things are back to normal, but, like, the cops are are now apes. No, it's it's, everybody.
0: Everybody's an ape now.
1: Things are back to normal
0: because somehow... (laughs) Think about how dumb this is. I can't help it. We have to talk about this for a second. So the general ape on the Planet of the Apes, by the way, which is not Earth now. It's not like the original gets into marky mark's spaceship goes back in time and then the implication is that like he goes back in time like r- ends up ruling the earth but he goes back to like you know the year like you know 500 BC or something like that something like that he ends up ruling the earth whenever it is and then Apes evolve almost exactly like humans in every way to the point they have the same cars, the same fashion choices, they use the <laughs> same language. Everything's exa- – so that, that's part of the trick of it, right? It's like the cops pull up and you're like, oh, my God, and they're yelling at you, and oh, my God, they're apes. But it, it doesn't make any sense. It's like so dumb. It's like so deeply like off from what – it, it could have been cool, but they like went too far with it. Tim Burton, man, you really, you really let me down. Like you just messed up a lot of times. Like you had a few good movies, but like Edward Scissorhands, sure. You know, Alice in Wonderland was pretty good, but like, come on, what happened? Well, Batman that, Returns. That was
1: Johnny's hot take <laughs> of the day. The, the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes was subpar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that's about right. That's right. It was, man. What the hell? I was so excited for that movie. Anyway, the new ones were better. <laughs> the new ones were better.
1: I am a little sad that I, like the Planet of the Apes, the original, was so well-known in culture that I was aware of the twist before uh, ever getting to like, see it. I'm, I'm sure that was an amazing twist for people who had not seen I it. it.
0: I didn't know it. When I saw it, I saw it on TV as a kid, but I didn't know that twist. And uh, it's a cool twist. Honestly, it doesn't take that much away from the rest of the movie anyway, knowing that. But it is a, it, it is a little bit better, obviously. It's, it's added. I mean, I still am grateful that I, when I saw The Matrix in theaters, I, knew, I saw it like the day it came out just because me and my girlfriend were, like, bored, and I was like, it'll have good visual effects. Let's just go see it. I, like, had to talk her into it, and then it was awesome and had no idea about any of it, you know? And so I got to completely experience that movie spoiler-free, which felt, like, important to do, you know?
1: Yeah. That was cool. I anyway. actually had a similar experience with The Matrix. But anyway, let's get to the hand.
0: Right, right, the hand, right. The hand where, like, the, which was, you, you literally said, this is the greatest play of, in poker history. We're not even talking about it yet. It's crazy. I mean, that's verbatim. You
1: can't know that I said that. You were too busy cleaning soup up off of your shirt.
0: Well, I I you- have a my my Alexa records all, all spoken, you know all spoken <laughs> words, and I have access to the Amazon archives, so it's good. Of course, of course, because
1: you buy a lot of soup from them.
0: They gave you the premium access. Do you have enough soup today, Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Every show now, the first 10 minutes, just complete fluff. Wonderful fluff. Don't get me wrong. But.
1: Without the first 10 minutes, I'm not doing the show, man. I, What's I, the point?
0: I'm with you, man. I don't want to just do the hand. <laughs> 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 all right. People all right, can fast
1: go. forward. It's a function of podcast that you can fast That's forward. Right. This isn't a radio show. That's right. You can do whatever you want. That's a great point. Anyway whatever Casper Kwok wanted to do was suggest this hand to us. So good job, Casper. He suggested it on YouTube. He included a YouTube link and a timestamp. If you want to suggest a hand for the breakdown, uh, excuse me on Twitter, I said on YouTube, Whoops. Uh, you got to suggest it on Twitter. We are the poker guys on Twitter. The number two poker guys include a link timestamp. it. we're not going to search through a four hour video to find a hand. You got to tell us when it is. This was not a four hour video. It's one of those live with the bike hands. They just put out, it's like a five minute video. And, uh, it begins with Aaron Van Blarkham, who's sort of been tearing up the tournament scene a little bit recently. I think he although, just had
0: good, two good finishes.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: And I will say watching him play, because I watch one of those final tables for real, like I watch every hand, it was like, I think he's just getting very lucky. <laughs> just between us.
1: <laughs> well, spoiler alert, he's not going to be a major factor yeah. in this hand, although he is going to ignite the action. Ooh. He's got 31K in his stack at 5,100. He opens to $400. Got a player named Jeremy who uh, is blinging it up a little bit with a big gold necklace. He's got, that's all I know about him. Do, he's got 11,000.
0: Do we not know what Aaron what? Van Vlarken has? as a Oh, family? yeah. It doesn't matter, but he okay. has sevens. All right. All right. Fair enough. Do we know what position he's in? He has, he's like uh, under the gunner plus
1: one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't write any of that down because, you know, positions, man, that's like for. For your corporate structure, I don't need to think about that.
0: <laughs> your corporate structure, man. I'm not gonna have the. I'm not gonna. I don't want to feel the strings of the puppeteer, man. As we talk about this, all right?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I threw it on the ground. I'm not a part of your system. All right. So nice. Jeremy, who is plus one or plus two, depending on where Van Blarcom is. <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> Jesus, it was unclear man. based. Okay. It was unclear based on the video, anyway. Okay. Is that so true how though, that? or are you just
0: saying that now to like you know? Get out of this. No, it's pretty it's pretty much true. It might be it really might be true. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> There's an element of truth to it.
1: Yeah. Uh so Jeremy, who has eleven thousand seven hundred dollars in front of him, so over a hundred bigs, but probably short for this game. Three bets to twelve hundred. I didn't write down his hand either, that's good. But it is an ace queen. It is the ace of diamonds and the queen of hearts. Okay. Um he makes it twelve hundred. He's got just eleven thousand seven hundred, as I said. Then there's a player named Toma. Uh who is in the small blind, and he has two jacks. And this is one of those spots where with Jeremy as the effective stack, how do you want to continue? Like, do you want to three bet, get it in for 100 blinds? Probably not.
0: I mean, you're four betting at this point anyway. Yeah. Because uh, there's already been the three bet. Call four betting with jacks against an early position raiser and re seems not great. Calling is problematic. Of, I mean, folding seems out of the question. Let's start with that. Um, maybe it's not completely out of the question, but it feels it feels crazy to fold. So I would I wouldn't st- seriously consider folding. So then the question is just: Do we want to call or do we want to raise? Raising is problematic because we can't really get it in with Jacks. For, I think for 117 blinds, unless we know this guy's insane, uh, so he does look a little bit like he's the douchey type who might take Ace Five off and just go crazy. If it was Garrett, I think we could do it. You know, if it, yeah. but it's not Garrett. If it was Andy, I think we could do it. Uh, calling is problematic because it makes our hand mostly face up here. Like we've got a few hands we can call it, but not too many. Like nines, tens, jacks, maybe ace, queens suited. That's like... Maybe, uh, ace, king. maybe we call li- ace, king. Maybe a little bit of ace, king. Maybe we protect our range once in a while with a, one of the bigger pairs, but it's not great. Maybe we have queens here once in a while and kings and aces, but mostly it's like jacks and tens, right? And a little bit of nines, right? So it's like always, yeah, is. but it's,
1: this is just one of those like things that's continually gone unsolved in poker. Yeah. What to do with Jackson, a spot like this, because there's, there's devils under the bed, no matter which bed you choose, Jonathan. You I know like what I'm it. Saying?
0: I like it. I think yeah, it comes like, down to like, what do we think about Jeremy? If Jeremy's three betting a lot and three betting, even a light sometimes, and I think we can four bet a lot more. If we think Jeremy's got a relatively tight three betting range here, I think we should be more apt to call and just like play that. We have a good hand. We can play it out of position and it's okay. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I do hate calling and being so face up and it's probably tough. I don't think this is, these guys aren't regulars as far as I know, uh, on live with the bike. Maybe if they are, they play enough that like you can protect your flatting range by flatting with aces and stuff. But if it's, if it's less iterated, then it doesn't feel like the balance really adds a ton of benefit, um, yeah. to, to be flatting with hands like aces. So then you do become quite face up. That part sucks. But again, for betting against, a player who three bet a relatively early position opener with Jack's who has a stack where like, you're going to be in a weird math spot if they shove on you after you four bet and you might have to call. But like if they never have ace king, you can't call type of thing. It's, it's a, it's just crappy. I think flatting is the lesser of the evils.
0: I'd so much rather have like ace queen here and four bet with that, which is more of like a bluff with great blockers yeah. than jacks where like, we're not blocking the monster hands that would give us action and give us more action than we want. But like ace queen, we are. And if we get caught, if our four bet gets called, like often our ace is good, not always, but often like there's lots of, it just feels like we win more of the time in all the different ways by four betting ace queen than four betting jacks, you know, combinatorially it's just better.
1: Yeah, so Toma does decide to call. I I feel like that's probably where I would have landed as well, unless I thought that Jeremy was the tightest of the tight, then I would consider folding, I guess. Fair enough. And then uh, Van Blarkham, closing the action with sevens, is forced to call. The pot is now $3,825. The flop is king of clubs, ten of diamonds, eight of clubs. Toma checks. That's, a, I think, a good decision. Would sure. you argue for a lead ever with Jax?
0: Nope. Absolutely nope. not.
1: Of course not. Uh, Van Blarkham checks. And yep. then Jeremy checks. Should Jeremy be checking or should he be betting? Because he does have a gut shot to the nuts. He does not have great showdown value against his opponent's ranges.
0: What do you think? It's a weird spot. I think the Toma flat it makes it everything a lot harder for Jeremy right away. Right? Because Toma usually has, like we were saying, a lot of pocket tens, pocket jacks, maybe pocket nines. Um, pocket tens just made a set. Pocket jacks yeah. probably isn't folding for one bet anyway. Probably, it's they could though. They like, could. based on the preflop action, you really could. They're gonna have Van Blarcom behind him, which is which yeah. is helpful. But Jax may still decide to hold on, and like Jax is still a pretty go- gosh darn good hand, right? And may call a c bet. Uh, I would expect Jax's. Calling a bet more often than folding is my guess. Um, If we have the same hand as them, I think you can make a a case to bet, but I I think I like the check better because I just don't think we're getting enough folds here, Uh, even though we do have the gut shot to the nuts.
1: I'm not as worried about Toma, actually, as far as not having enough fold equity. I'm more worried about Van Blarkum because he has way more kings in his range than Toma does when he gets to close the action and he opened. Like, he could have King Jack suited. He could have King Queen off. These are good points. These Whereas Toma
0: tools. really shouldn't have those hands. Uh, I mean, maybe Toma can have king-queen suited here. Maybe. But you're right. There's, but there's definitely, like, Van Blarkham, almost any king he opened, he's probably calling now where he closes the action for $800 getting this price. Yeah. Like, he's supposed to call pretty much all of those, every king. Right. right.
1: I, if it was just Toma, I think I would take the shot because I think there's yeah. a decent shot. He, he does fold jacks and queens and definitely nines, and those seem like these most likely holdings. He also could, of course, have the same hand as us. And that's great to get him to fold that as well. So I don't know. It depends on how wide we think Finn Blarkham is. If he's pretty wide, we I think we can bet anyway. But if he has more of a reasonable early position range that is inclusive of a lot of these kings, maybe there's not enough fold
0: equity. I will say that one of the values of betting here is even though we've got a gut shot to the nuts and we have an overcard, like, that's not that great, really, in this spot, right? Like, no. So, like, it's okay to bet and get raised, and we can co- sort of comfortably fold because, like, we have a very strong range if we bet here, and like, yeah. we have pocket kings, we have aces, we have ace king, we have pocket tens. Uh, our opponents, I guess, Van Blarkin can have queen jack. I don't think Toma can really have any queen jacks. Like Toma, basically, only has pocket tens anyway. For like, I think we're only getting raised by by pretty strong value most of the time. Is what I'm saying. There aren't that many draws to raise us here. I don't think the gut shots are gonna raise when our when our personal range is so strong. So we could take a what shot the... and comfortably fold, being like, all right, so if I got if I get raised anyway, yeah, I just miss out on my gut shot. Who cares?
1: There are combo draws. There's two clubs on the board, but you know, those are rare.
0: Yeah, there's a few, right? Ace Ace Jack of Clubs, Ace Queen of Clubs. For Maybe Tama. Queen,
1: uh, queen Jack of clubs have... for Van
0: Blarkham. Yeah.
1: Maybe Van Blockham could have Jack Nine of Clubs. Like he might open that and he's closing yeah, the action. He's that's probably right.
0: got gotcha. jack. Yeah. Maybe even Queen Nine of Clubs. But still, even all yeah. of those put together is like six combos, right? It's just not very many. Right. So Yeah. And if we get blown off the hand, this is an okay hand get, to get blown off of, quite frankly. Right?
1: Yeah. I'm I'm actually torn on if whether or not to see bet this. I, I think yeah. I'm, I'm most concerned about Van Blockham having a king. Not as, not as concerned about Toma, because combinatorially his sets are a lot less than his one pair of hands that really don't feel comfortable on this board. I don't know. I
0: think I, I'm 50-50. I think either decision is fine. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I think it's really close. Uh, I think I like a check better because I don't think we get enough folds, especially when you, like you're worried about Van Vlarkum. I was originally – I think you make a good point about Van Vlarkum's qu- kings, but I also am still worried about Toma having a good enough hand that he's just not folding right now, um, even if he doesn't have a lot of kings. And I guess we could do a whole multi-street thing, but like, or we could just check and see a turn card and, you know, we have position and like play the hand, you know. I think I like checking better, but I admit it's close.
1: I like checking too, but what I like better than both checking and betting is nitrogen sports.
0: Huh. Really? Talk about that.
1: Well, it started when I was a child. Yeah, yeah. And I was in science class, and my my teacher introduced us at a very young age to the periodic table of elements. Hmm. Really, I thought thought we could handle it, but I couldn't. It kind (laughs) of was too much for my six-year-old mind. Like, like barium? What are we talking about here? I can't deal with that. I can't do that. But nitrogen, that one, that was okay. That was my comfort zone right there on the periodic Hmm. table of elements. Whenever I got scared of hydrogen or oxygen or some other element on there, I would just look at that nice little nitrogen box and be like, you know what? That's right. That's where, that's where I belong. That's my safe place right there.
0: And what was it about nitrogen (laughs) that made it so safe for you?
1: I'm a, I'm a Jungian psychologist. So I, I believe in the collective unconscious and I believe that collective unconscious is fifth dimensional. And therefore I believe that I was being informed through this collective unconscious through the fifth dimension while transferring through the fourth dimension, of course, that in the future, nitrogen sports poker would be the poker site with the poker guys monthly tournament. Mm. And I, I believe my comfort derives from that. Uh, I know wow. that's a little hokey and maybe you'll say I'm having a creative illness as young would call it. But <laughs> in reality, I just, I believe what I believe and, and the results bear it out because that tournament does now exist and it is an incredible value Jonathan it's the greatest iterated value in poker and that is what comforted 6 year old Grant Dennison
0: wow well it certainly is the greatest iterated value in poker grant dennison even an older grant dennison would know that yeah. uh, because it's a thousand buy-ins guaranteed we usually get like 200 players it's capped at 300 players meaning there's always at at minimum a 700 buy-in overlay usually more like 800 buy-ins usually you're getting 4 to 1 on your money as in free money is just put in the pot it's insane And it's a very cheap tournament to play. It costs like a dollar. It depends on the price of Bitcoin at any moment. But hey, that's another cool thing because it's a Bitcoin-only poker site, which means you get your money out super fast. And it's even faster than all those other sites that use cryptocurrency. We're talking 90 minutes, not 24 hours, not 36 hours, not a week, 90 freaking minutes. Hey, they've got sports betting. Hey, they've got casino games. Hey, it's Nitrogen Sports.
1: Hey, you got to use the link in the description or you don't even get access to that tournament every month, you're going to want to use that
0: link when you sign up for Nitrogen. So before we get back to the hand, yeah, we're talking to a, a sponsor right now about doing some ads for Poker Time, and the sponsor asked me, n- not for our Poker Time ads in general, but just like he's like, so should I give you? Talking points, or do you normally are your things normally scripted (laughs) by your sponsor, and then you just read them? I I was like, no, no, no. Key talking points is fine. We just we just sort of roll with it. But he thought it was possible that all our ads are, you know, scripted. Yeah, that we're just like you know we're just uh, once again the strings of the puppeteer are really. Pulling us there, but which is just fascinating to me because, like this, this is a great example of something that I guess yeah. maybe someone would think was scripted. But oh my god, we would never do that much work to think about no. that and like try and no, no, no. This is just what's happening in the moment. That's all that's going on. Here. No, that all that all that
1: young stuff just came to
0: me. Yeah. Like I, I had
1: not planned that at all. I mean, oh, the collective not. unconscious and creative illness are youngian. I archetypes assume and thoughts, but like but, no, that's just that was just the whole whole game
0: is to like try grant says something weird like you know nitrogen brought him comfort and then i try and ask him a question that's gonna that he's not ready for that he has to somehow now make reasonable that's why i asked him what what led him to feel safe around nitrogen because i didn't think you'd possibly have thought of that one yet and then you had to make something (laughs) up on the spot that's the whole game it's great so anyway it's
1: basically the it's basically the structure of let the drunk fix it from our Mm -hmm. uh our favorite piece of media that we ever created, which was drunk sports back in the day, yeah. like 30 episodes or so of that.
0: No. Ah. R.I.P. Rest in power. Time. Let the drunk fix it. Yeah. That was a great,
1: <laughs> great little segment. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Moving along. We've got the king of clubs, 10 of diamonds, eight of clubs board. We've got two sevens for Aaron Van Blarkham. He's not going to matter. Toma, who flatted out of the small blind, has two jacks, jack of diamonds, jack of clubs. Jeremy, the original three-better, has ace-queen off, both red, so no club draws there. The turn is unfair. It's the jack of spades. You all yeah. probably knew that was going to happen, right? Or else, what the hell are we talking about here? Unless somebody made some sort of all-star play, but maybe an all-star play can still get made. But this is just a cooler at this point, right?
0: Oh, my God. You got a Matt, set of jacks clearly. against the nuts. It's yeah. an obvious cooler. I mean, there's 4K in the pot. I mean, what is the effect of stacks at this point? They're like $10,000. There's nothing to talk about. You would think. But really, th- I mean, this is it. This is a cooler. This hand should be like... I. It's crazy we're talking about it, except shit's going to happen. That's going to make it worth talking about.
1: All right. So as Toma, makes yeah. tons of sense to lead with your set of jacks, right? There's plenty to protect against, and we want value. Not oh, much to
0: discuss. Absolutely. We. I can think of hands that are going to give us value, i.e., Ace 10, Pocket Queens feels like right there. Yep. Pocket Queens feels yep. like exactly the hand that's going to absolutely have to pay us on the turn. And if a nine or an ace comes on the river, we could actually potentially get away from this, right? Right. Uh, because it brings us straight. But like, it seems like a, just a great spot. It seems so obvious. Of course, we're going we're gonna, to, we're not even leading. We're just betting, right? Because no one bets a flop.
1: Yep. So he bets 2100. Seems like fine sizing. Yeah. All right. Here's the question for Jeremy. I think he's got basically three options. He can call, because uh, Van Borkum folds. There sorry. it is. Of course, going to make a sevens. little
0: joke and, and, and clown on you, but then you caught your, your mistake. You can't
1: clown on me, bro. No clowning on me. Not today. Not only um, on my young shit.
0: Collective, not, not uh, what did you call
1: it? <laughs> the collective unconscious.
0: No, I know that, but there was the... I, who unconscious. The, yeah, moving, yeah. On, moving uh, on. Unconscious.
1: Uh, Jeremy... <laughs> So he's got these options. He's got about 10K left in his stack, and the bet's 2,100 into about 4K. So the options are to call, to go all in, or to raise kind of a medium size or smaller size so that he still has a few chips back that he can then bet on the river. What do you think is the merit of each of these options, and which is the best one?
0: Okay, so moving in is problematic only because we're going to shut out a lot of hands, right? Like, there's not much that can call us. Uh, uh, let's, let's think about this. So okay.
1: what types of hands does Toma have, including preflop action? He does have a set of 10s. He sure. does have a set of jacks, a fair yeah. amount. We're going to get called by those hands,
0: right? Yeah, but if we raise any amount, you figure we're going to get in with those hands. Like, who cares how we? It doesn't matter how we play as long as we put more chips in than the call. We we assume that's going to be fine, right? Like, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, well,
1: let's just let's just figure it out. As we're saying, go. like, I am just trying to say, like, which which hands in his range are actually folding that he plays like this? I'm okay, to figure that
0: out. Oh, that's fair. Um,
1: okay. He has ace queen. Obviously, we're just chopping with that and hoping he doesn't have ace queen right. of clubs. Uh, if he has ace king, do you think he'll fold if we shove?
0: I don't know. But the fact that we have to ask the question is not a good sign for shoving. You know? Okay. Because, like, what else is in his range? that, that... Queens. Queens, yeah. maybe? Queens, which are probably going to have to fold because we just priced them out of everything if we shove.
1: Nines in the same vein as yeah. queens.
0: So, but if we raise smaller, hands like queens and nines are going to have to call, I think, right? Or at least I throw. don't know. Queen, queens are going to have to call, maybe not nines. Like, if. He bet 2,100. We have what, 10,000? We have like 11,000, right? Or something like that. 10,500 back
1: as yeah.
0: Jeremy. Uh, we don't have to race big. We actually wouldn't, we, we couldn't race too big. We could make it like 5,000, 6,000, something like that. Leave a little bit back. But we're, if he's got a set, we're going to just get it in, I assume, anyway. And if, he's got, if he has queens ah, with the open-ender and a big pair, I don't know. He might call. He might not. All right. But I think we have well, a better chance other. to get called. How about that?
1: Here's the other option, okay? which is flatting, Yes. Uh, which that discussion based on race sizing kind of led me to believe there's more merit to flatting than I originally thought. Me too. Because we kind of abandon all deception and reveal the strength of our hand when we raise. And it looks exactly like ace-queen, right? Like when I mean, we check it, the flop and raise the turn, unless we're a guy who always does plays like this, I mean, which oh, I don't know uh, if Jeremy is.
0: You just there's no real reason to, to raise pocket queens here if he had pocket queens, right? No. He could comfortably call, have his open-ender, have a very showdownable hand, doesn't have to blow up the pot, doesn't have to do anything, doesn't have to put himself in a weird spot. So there's If no, somehow. Yeah. If somehow he had
1: uh, aces and didn't bet the flop, which seems unrealistic, great. Like he would never
0: raise aces, right? I don't know what he would do, but it seems weird to raise aces. It seems very unlikely and weird. I'll give you, yeah, uh, we should, I think we can count out aces here. So So, I think
1: when Jeremy raises here, unless he has some sort of strange moves with like ace eight, where he decided to turn into a bluff, which we'd have to have a lot of data on a player to believe they were capable of something like that. Um, If he raises, it looks exactly like ace queen or a set of jacks. It looks like those two hands.
0: I guess the the most bluffy hand he could show up with here is pocket nines himself right where it's like i don't think my hand is good but i have outs and i don't want so calling i don't i don't really believe the showdown value is showdown value so i'm going to raise
1: yeah but we have another problem which is that toma's range is entirely uncapped on this board toma could easily have ace queen like
0: yes and our raise looks incredibly
1: strong i I want a flat i actually want a flat like if toma has ace king i think he should fold when we raise no matter what the size is
0: Okay, but hold on. You just said Toma's range is incredibly strong on this board. No, you said it's uncapped, not incredibly strong. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's better. If it's incredibly strong, we should raise, right, But uh, with the nuts. But if it's uncapped, that's different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you, actually. Okay, if we call, let's just figure this out. There's going to be seven, like 8K in the pot. We're going to have a pot-sized bet left anyway. We're in position. It can't go check-check. Yeah. We're not folding no matter what comes on the river. Like there's no bad, like the board could pair and it could be a club. We don't care. We're not going to, we're just going to call the all in and hope we're good. Right. That's the plan. If he checks, we're going to move all in. If he bets any amount, we're going to raise unless maybe a board pairing club comes or something like that. Then I guess we could decide to just call. Um, Yeah. That seems very straightforward. I think I agree with you that that's the best play. Now that we're here. Yeah.
1: Raising is just way too strong. It's too obviously strong.
0: Yeah. like if he ha- And if he has a set of t- tens or jacks, it probably doesn't matter if a club comes on the river. I assume we're going to get all the money anyway. Like, we check the flop with two clubs. He's not going right. to fold for a pot size bet with a club, third it club. It
1: doesn't score. look like we have
0: clubs. Right. It
1: looks like we have ace queen or a set
0: of jacks. Like, right. Now, and, w- when we move in on the river, if he bets half the pot on the river when we move in, it is going to look terrifyingly strong, admittedly. But... It may be too. If he's got a strong hand, it's not going to matter anyway. And if he doesn't, then we got some extra money. By the way, he could be semi bluffing here, of course. He doesn't have yeah. to have a monster hand, right? Right. That he might, like, he could have two clubs, although it's hard to come up with which ones now that I think about it. Uh, what if he has ace jack, though, or something, or ace ten of clubs? I don't know if he can have it. Maybe he can't have ace ten of clubs. Yeah, he can, because it's ten of diamonds. He has ace ten of yeah. clubs. He shouldn't really have ace ten of clubs, though, right? He no, I shouldn't that. be calling that pre flop. Yeah. Ace jack is even questionable. Yeah, he doesn't really have that either. So maybe he has nines. He bets the turn, gets called, and it's like, well, I guess I have to shove the river because I'm obviously losing, you know? And then, like, a juice of club comes on the river and he's like, this is perfect. You never have a flesh. I'm all in, you know? Something yeah, like that. And,
1: or uh I'm also concerned about, I'm, I'm really concerned about folding
0: out ace king. Sure. That would be a problem. That would suck. Yeah. Um, that's like so the I only think call hand, is... really, to be worried about folding out, though. Like, nothing else Queens? can really be. I guess queens. Yeah, we could fold out queens too. You're right. Right, I don't know if if we're gonna get action from queens later, but if queens puts it together and is like, well, he's either got ace
1: queen or jacks, basically, like you probably can't call even if you're getting the quote unquote right
0: price. Yeah, and there's also some good outcomes with if uh, Toma has queens or nines or something like that, where he makes a straight, but it's the second best straight, and we've got the nuts. So like queens, which would have folded, hits their nine and now has Mm -hmm. looks like they're like, I cool. I blocked the nuts. Anyway, you just called the turn. This is great. Like I'm obviously never folding. And then you give them the bad news. Yeah. I think I agree with you. I think this is a call, not a raise based on all this, these circumstances. That's cool. I didn't know that coming in. Neither did I. Not until we started talking about it. Um, can't
1: blame Jeremy for in the moment, deciding a raise is better, which is what he does. Yeah. Um, Although upon further inspection, I think it's pretty clear that a call is better. But you'd be sitting there thinking, like, oh, the board could get scary and I could lose my action and I want to protect against clubs, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um Although he doesn't raise enough to protect against clubs, he, he makes it fifty five hundred. I think if Toma did have clubs somehow, it'd have to be Ace Jack of clubs. Uh and that's even questionable. He's not gonna fold. So you're not actually protecting against clubs, but you are getting more value from that hand, I suppose. Because I don't think Ace Jack of Clubs could fold, even though it's it so strong.
0: It can't fold. Yeah. It can't. It's got two nut draws. It can't fold for that price. For yeah. well, depending on the price, but uh, like so, Jeremy Jeremy's going to raise to five thousand five hundred. I know this, and yeah. so that price, you just you have to call it Ace Jack of Clubs. I was just doing the math.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Jeremy raises. Turns out we don't like it, but yeah. can't blame him. I don't blame him. All right. Toma's got two options here. Yep. They are to shove or to call. Yeah. And based on how crazy strong it looks like Jeremy is, I don't know. Maybe calling is better. If he shoves, it's another
0: 5K. I mean, I feel like it's a pretty clear shove. I got to say. Yeah, just to... Might as well, like, just put the money in. I mean, there's a few reasons. Number one, what if he has just a pretty strong hand and not a super strong hand and is going to get terrified by by some river card like the Deuce of Clubs... What if he has, like, two pair and now check folds the river or something like that? I uh, mean, it's
1: weird for him to have two pair unless he see three bets
0: constantly. Okay, but I don't know anything about this guy. Yeah. I agree with you. It's weird, but I'm just trying to come up with stuff. Uh, there's some other bad cards that can just come. Like, an ace could come, a queen can come, a nine could come. Those are all potentially scary for this guy, you know, when we've got our set of jacks. It's only... Five thousand more. If we call, we're putting in fifty five hundred anyway. Let's get the money in and not worry about it. Like our hand is strong enough. If we were way deeper, I think a call is fine. But yeah, with, at this at right. these stack depths, like, what if what if what if a board pairing club comes and he finds a fold with some very strong hand? Like that would suck. Like let's get yeah. it all in now. Like you know, and we're at, we're we have to believe we're ahead some of the time here, right? <laughs> can he can he not have two it's... tens in his hand? Can he not have pocket I eights mean, in his hand? It's...
1: It's weird for him to have those hands. That's the thing. I know. I agree. Three betting eights is not really that common. Tens is like a maybe as far as the positional stuff with Van Blarkham. And then not betting the flop on this wet board where his opponents could easily have a king. Feels strange for him to have
0: those hands. I mean, I disagree a little bit with like the three betting eights. I agree it's not that common, but it's a cash game. People do all sorts of weird stuff in cash games and three bet all sorts of hands. And certainly I, I've seen pocket eights get three bet a bunch in cash games. I mean, okay. I agree. more often than not, it wouldn't be. I agree with you. And then he also has to check the flop with that once he makes a set. I think that parlay of two things makes it pretty unlikely. But yes. I think it's, it can still be there. And tens in the same way can still be there. In the end, I just want to move in so I don't have to, like... I don't want to also make, it, make outplay myself, you know, and find a crazy fold on the Ace of Clubs River or something when it turns out I was ahead the whole way, you know? And he's just, like, shoving for value anyway or bluffs me or whatever the hell happens. I just, like... It feels like it's just a straightforward move in. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think Toma should be uncomfortable. Sure. sure. He, should, he should move in, and he should expect that Jeremy has Ace-Queen a lot of the time. It looks a lot like Ace-Queen.
0: But if I'm... The thing is, in my mind, it's like... What's the downside to moving in? Like, I'm calling the river shove anyway, right? Like, so why not get it in now? Like, just think, like, let's just go. Like, I'm out of position right. to, like, let's just get it in. Here's,
1: here's the downside if you're not Jonathan Levy and you're yeah. not thinking that way. Good. It's that you actually are folding the river if the board doesn't pair because you think this guy only has ace-queen.
0: If you know that this guy only has ace-queen, it's a different spot. But you have to really know that. And there's not too many players in the world you can really know that against, right? There are some guys. There definitely are some guys who are only going to have the nuts here. But I will say this, and you pointed this out to me before we started. The guy, this guy, Jeremy, doesn't look like the kind of guy who's going to be super tight all the time and never have any bluff raises on the turn and never have any, you know, weird shoves on the river. He looks like the kind of guy who's... uh, absolutely <laughs> going to be doing all sorts of weird, dumb stuff, you know, just because, Is like, it? he's wearing a weird necklace thing, you know, he just has that look.
1: He looks like he's probably already had four Monster Energy drinks that day, you know, that type of guy.
0: What was the name of the dude who Christian Soto played that live at the bike can against the king of New York or something oh. like that? Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. This guy. They're, king they're, of New York. I don't think that's what he was called, but whatever. Um, something like that. Like, this guy reminds me a little bit of him in terms of just the look, yeah. nothing else. Just a little bit. Enough that I would be like, you can't go. This guy's always got some weird bluffs in his range. Like, always. So I'm never going to fold this set of jacks against this guy anyway, is what I would be saying to myself if I didn't know this guy's game minutely well.
1: Another problem is that Jeremy, uh, that Thomas should be concerned about is, like, the most likely set for Jeremy to check on the flop is a set of
0: kings, for sure. But like, but, what are we going to do? Not get all in on the river for like a quarter pot size bet or something? I mean, well, let's we're find be out. Four to one on the river. If he's got a set of kings, we're going to call with our set of jacks, right?
1: Let's find out. Toma okay. calls the turn. I think I agree that I would rather just move in and like pretend that there was no choice.
0: Basically, yeah.
1: That I, that, that's like the only way to play the hand. Toma does call. The pot is fourteen thousand eight hundred twenty-five dollars. We've got the king of clubs, ten of diamonds, eight of clubs, and jack of something on the board. Uh, where did that go? Jack of spades. Um, Toma with a set of jacks, Jeremy with ace-queen for the nuts. The river is the innocuous three of diamonds. Ace-queen is still the nuts. Jax is still the fourth nuts, fifth nuts. Um, Toma checks. Jeremy, of course, moves in for $5,000 into 14825 And Toma folds. So is this brilliant or is it just... Broken clock being right.
0: Yeah. I don't even know if I like the check by Toma. I think I might <laughs> like a shove if we're going to play it this way rather than checking, honestly. Like, we're going to be giving the guy four to one. We can make it look like we missed our clubs and are desperate. I don't know. I'd be, like, now that we've called his raise, I would just hate for him to check back because he doesn't want to lose the extra 5K when he assumes we're never folding, you know, with, like, a pretty good hand. If he has a pretty good hand, maybe we can get him to call with, with you know, when he wouldn't actually bet himself. I'm not even like sure if he would about somehow that. play
1: queens this, if he would play queens this way or something like that.
0: Or maybe a better hand that maybe he has like maybe he flopped top two and he decided to check it because he thinks he's crushing the board. He's wrong, but he thinks that right. And now so now he raises the turn and he gets called and he's like, well, you know, actually, this board is like I could definitely be losing on this board when I think about the hands that Toma called me with pre and you know. And decides to not like put in that last bet where he's like, I don't know where I am. I check, I check, you know, people, I see people do stuff like that. They raise the turn and check back with a pretty good hand.
1: In the world where Jeremy three bet King 10 in this situation though, which is a rare world.
0: Okay. But like he didn't cold call like Toma can't have King 10, but Jeremy can have King 10. I think of the two of them, right? Like he's the one who can have King 10
1: of the two of them. He's more likely to, but he's also very unlikely to have that hand.
0: Uh, Sure. But uh, once again, people will three bet lots of weird stuff. You know that's true, right? In a cash game, especially. Depending on how deep into the cash, the deeper you go into a cash game, like the more hours you're playing, the crazier the three-back r- ranges usually get. Like, that's just true. I, yeah. So, that's fair. I, I, don't think gonna, he's, I don't think he has King 10 I'm that a, often, but still, I'm not saying he can't have it at all.
1: Now, go I'm on. not saying that I necessarily agree with everything I'm about to say, but I'm going to take the other side of this and cool. say that this is a reasonable fold, even oh, though okay. he's getting an incredibly good. Price. In fairness, no, I'm actually
0: four. not even talking about the fold. I'm just talking about should he check or should he shove himself. Ah, that's right. where I've been coming from well, this whole time.
1: That's implicit within what I'm going to say anyway. Great. Great. Um, and it's all just about what is Jeremy's range here, which we've been touching on since the turn. Uh, and unless we have a ton of data on Jeremy, once again, I don't think we're really winning very often with jacks. Like we're getting four to one. Are we winning? That often, are we winning 20% of the time against generic player A, who we know nothing about, when they take this line against us?
0: I mean, here's the problem. with I I hear what you're saying, and it's a fair question to ask, and you might be just straight up right that we're not winning enough. But the problem is, there are some people who are just going to overvalue certain hands. And if we don't know that Jeremy isn't one of those people, I just don't see how we can fold. Like There are some guys who are going to show up with ace-king here and aces here. There are some guys. But
1: you have to have the co- they have to be the combo person, which I don't know if exists, who both overvalue hands and check those hands on the flop.
0: Right. They check those hands because they think they're so strong. Then they raise the turn and shove the river, and they're trying to get max value, and that's how they're thinking about it. A- I'm not saying Jeremy's one of these guys at all, but I'm, but I'm saying there are absolutely guys like that who exist. I see them all the time, I feel like. <laughs> Basically,
1: I'm- it comes down to, can you get to 20% of the time, Jeremy will either do one of these things he will either overvalue a hand like that in this way Mm -hmm. that is like very unlikely it feels okay or he will play a set of tens or eights in a way that feels also very unlikely for multiple reasons agreed or or he will have a random bluff like ace three which is also very unlikely
0: uh he could have clubs that he decides to play weird also again not super likely but possible uh I don't know. Could he have pocket threes raise the turn? Cause he's, cause he's a weirdo. Cause he's like, you don't really, cause Toma doesn't really have very many Kings. And then he rivers a set of threes. So he shoves. I mean, this feels very unlikely. I admit for all the reasons, but I'm just like, that's not a bluff. That's value actually. Right. But like, that's like a tiny bit of the value range. Tiny, 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 tiny is maybe like a quarter of a combo of pocket threes. Uh, a quarter of a combo is generous. Whatever. I mean, it's, it's, fine i mean you could knock it down more i'm saying a tiny like i'm not saying he has absolutely zero pocket threes here for value but does he have clubs for value does he have a weird queen for value does he have like queen five suited that he three bet because he's a weirdo turned an open ender and then raises because that's what you do when you have when you've got a draw and the guy bets right and then now he's like well i guess the only there's only one way to win this pot you know and then he shoves i'm not saying that's likely but we don't need it to yeah. be likely <laughs> It can be it's very unlikely. I just need the combination of all the things you said, all those possibilities, and all these weird bluff possibilities to equal twenty percent for me to break even on this call, right?
1: Well, we can uh, we can try to monkey wrench that math and see if we can figure it out. Like we can assign combos to hands. Yeah. We can like and let's be reasonable about it. How, okay. ma- how many combos of so how many combos of Ace Queen do you think he has as played?
0: I'm gonna give him something like five, maybe five or six. Like I, I think was some, go higher. Sometimes he's not gonna three bet pre flop. Sometimes he's gonna bet the flop. Right. Sometimes he's not gonna raise the turn because we don't even think he should okay. always be. We don't think he's raising the turn. So that knocks it all down to me to about like a third of the combos. But go on. What were you gonna say? Okay, fine. We can give him. How about six? Okay, fine. Six combos of Ace Queen. All right.
1: Now let's do pocket tens. Maybe one combo. Too many. That's too many. That's a third of the available combos. I am aware of that, but like there are some people. You have to have the parlay of him both three betting and checking the flop with pocket tens.
0: A lot of people are going to three bet pocket tens pre. A lot of people from any position. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, um, yeah, but that's uh, the, there that's are... like a 50 50 three bet. Okay, and then a lot of so people. That are gets gonna... it down
1: to three combos already, right?
0: Okay, but, the, but that's fair. But another way to look at this, and I guess if we don't know anything, we just have to go with what you said. Okay, let's go with what you're saying, though. 50-50. Then there are people, even on this board, who are absolutely just going to check a set. There are people. Okay, I'm not so, one of them, and you're once, not one of them, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. We see people making lots of plays we would never make, right?
1: Once the set comes, that means yeah. there's one and a half available combos before he takes any action, right?
0: Uh, yeah, that's right. So how, so how out.
1: much of the time do you think the average player is checking a set against two <laughs> players on this board? Ways.
0: On this board with this action, not often. Uh, I think if we, go for, if we started at one and a half combos before we added that layer, that filter, yeah. now we're down to like a third of a combo, something like I, that. I'll
1: accept that. I think So that's like 20% fair.
0: of the time is what I'm saying, yeah. Of of that, a third, yeah. So yeah. a third of a combo, yeah. Okay, so not okay, much. So I'll give you that. We're
1: currently at a, a third of a combo of hands that
0: we beat. Um, Sweet. Let's continue editing it up. Set of eights.
1: We have. It's basically the same story, except the three bet is less likely. So call it. So, oh,
0: add it together and call it a half a combo. Fine. We'll call it Just, a half yeah, a combo. I mean, for let's those not two. let's not argue over a t- you know hundreds of a combo here. Let's not do that. Okay. Set of threes. Wow. Okay, less. <laughs> okay, 0.55 combos. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should just
1: not even talk about a set of threes in this math, like unless it's super close then we can add it back in. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: I mean, it's not going to be there. So it's currently we're
1: at about half a, half a combo. combo.
0: Yeah. Okay. Go ahead.
1: All right. So what are the other hands that we're beating that we think you could do this with Ace is an ACE King? If he's like the overvalue guy.
0: Yeah. So sometimes I so those, those
1: the percentage of the time he has those combos is probably the same on each hand, right? Like the way, if he's going to play them that way, He'll probably three bet them both pre-flop. He'll probably check them both in the flop if he's that
0: guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The percentage. So I think how, often, right. how often do you think that's happening then with those hands? What percentage of the time? It shouldn't be that much. Uh, especially because he's even in position. Like, everyone checks to him even. Like, so it's yeah. like another reason to bet. Um, it's really hard to know without knowing anything about this guy except this, seeing this one hand. I guess I would. I'm going to say something like 25%.
1: Oh, we're way off. I was thinking
0: 5%. So. Yeah, because you're thinking about you, and you're thinking about people like you, and I'm trying to think of someone who's like an, an average cash game player who just has money, happens to be sitting in this 5,100 game, and you know, is doing whatever weird stuff he's doing. And I don't think they're anything close to 5%. But I don't know that 15? my 20... Go ahead. 15?
1: Sure, 25% feels really high with him checking the flop.
0: I'm willing to, I'm willing to give you 15 and or call, you know, split that baby right in half there King Solomon and call it 15% and see what happens.
1: 15 honestly feels really high for checking the flop, but I, I'll go with it. It's fine. great
0: I, I don't Call it 10% then. Let's call it 10. Okay. I'm, 10. I'm, willing, I'm willing to move a little bit. I, 25 feels a little high. I agree with you.
1: Yeah. Okay, 10%. So that's um, 0.6 combos of aces. So yeah. now we're at 1.1.
0: And then 1.6 and... combos of ace-king. Oh, no. No, it's not. It's uh, 1.2 combos of ace-king, right? So we're at 1.8. Yeah. No, no, no. We're at 2.3. We're at 2.3 combos now. Yes. Because we're at 1.1. Well, I guess
1: we we got there. We already got
0: there. Except set of kings. Right. Which, if we're saying the other things, we're going to have to give it a similar percentage to um, tens and eights, right? Although you would argue... Yeah, a little higher. You're right. A little higher.
1: I mean, it's like we we give him like, uh, of the six available combos, I think we give him five pre-flop instead of half like for tens. Like tens, right. we gave him half the combos Oh, pre-flow. you're
0: right. No, we start, of course, we start with all six combos of, or all three combos of kings, right? Yeah. Um, because there's a king on the board. And then we say he checks. What percentage of the time did we say tens were being checked at this point? I can't remember. It's
1: so hard. We, got, we gave him a third of a combo of the one and a half okay. available combos. So it's clearly so more 20%. than percent.
0: It's clearly more yeah. than that. It's maybe one combo of the three. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, sure. Great. Yeah. So we'll put that in the value that we can't beat.
1: So we're at Seven. Then.
0: Seven versus two point two. We're still we're still in easy call right now based right. on the math. So a
1: big difference, yeah. You could of course if you want to add in like you can just add one combo for random bluffs. Just exactly like you you're you're given a free combo for that. But this also is there's also a linchpin here of ace queen. Like it's really huge how many combos we give him of ace queen for mm-hmm. this math. Because we no gave question. him six. If we gave him ten, it's a whole different story, obviously.
0: Well, that's true for everything. If you give them three more bluffing combos, then you, you can call against all the ace queens, right? I Yes, that's true. With the bluffing uh,
1: combos, that's true. I think, I think the methodology for all of the other combos we arrived at was more clear and better than how we arrived at ace queen.
0: Mm. Fair enough. Um, but even if we give them some more of the ace queen, we're still okay, right? Yeah. So that's the thing. Because we give him one bluffing combo, we were at 3.2. Like you can give him like half the ace queens, you're still way, way way in call mode there. you can get if you give him all the ace queens, you're not, but then you can just give him like yeah. two more bluffs, and you're right back there like it's it's I think if this guy ever has any bluffs at all, basically, it's a beyond easy call, and even if he doesn't have bluffs, it might be it, it might be an easy call or not an easy call, yeah. but a straightforward call. How about that
1: yeah no, I agree this this should be a call based okay. on
0: what we just did. cool that I think that was a cool.
1: That was a fun process.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. So you started this whole podcast by declaring to the world, by the way, and I, I admire you for that, saying, this was the right. best play you've ever seen anyone make it, and Now you're saying you think it's wrong. Like, what a crazy 180 in 53 minutes. Stop like, I, gaslighting I, I the audience. you. Why do you always <laughs> gaslight the audience? They're, they're easily manipulated. <laughs> you know, if it didn't work so if well, I, I wouldn't do it.
1: To be clear... Um, where we both started this podcast, I believe was in a similar place of like, yeah, the situation sucks, but you kind of have to call. And ultimately after doing that math and stuff, it feels like that ends up still being the case. Like the, yeah, Yeah. the situation sucks. We're usually losing, but the math still means we have to call.
0: I definitely started before we started this podcast. I said to you, if I'm calling, if I'm call the turn instead of shoving the turn, like those are my only two options on the turn. I'm probably just shoving it. But if somehow I find a call of the turn raise and I've got 5,025 back, I'm not folding a set of jacks period like i'm not calling a raise for for more than the, the amount i have left without the intention of getting my money in there like on the river with the hand this strong like i'm just not doing it like this yeah. is the second best hand we can ever have yes i understand ace queens part of the range we lose sometimes it's okay like i'm just not that guy who's going to fold but that doesn't mean it's right and i admitted that i knew this going in like i was curious to find out basically like but is he supposed to fold <laughs> but you so yeah it's interesting this is this is this is crazy that actually Toma really folds jacks here. He's got to believe that Jeremy basically just always has super strong value, like that he's not screwing around and he doesn't have bluffs. So the right? way
1: so the way this is okay because we did all of that exercise and all of that math with right. us calling Jeremy player A who's random and we're like just assigning these subjective right. percentages based on our poker careers and what we've seen on poker like how likely these things are. Yeah. Which if Toma knows anything about Jeremy and knows that Jeremy is actually a tighter player or really is the type of player who's pretty face up and only shows up with the nuts here. It does change the math and sure. maybe it is an okay fold against this particular player. We just yeah. don't know.
0: Yeah. So I, uh, Grant, I, I guess did chat about this hand a little bit before him because it was so weird. Uh, and I, I mentioned that. So when I, I don't do this anymore because of the pandemic, but like when I used to play limit hold which I've been doing, at a professional level, professionally for however many years now, God knows, like 10 years, 15 years, whatever it is. Um, there are certain guys when I play live, and I'm thinking of one guy in particular where I bet the river and he raises. He literally has zero bluffs always. There's never a bluff with that guy when he raises. He raises in a very particular way. It's always, it always looks the same. It's 100%. He always has a monster, and, like, two pair is never good. So it doesn't matter. So in limit holding, you're always getting this crazy price. It doesn't matter. The price is meaningless because the only question is, can you beat his range enough of the time? And the answer is almost always no. You know, if you happen to have a monster back, you, you usually have a hand that's good enough to re-raise him. Honestly, if you have good enough to call his range, usually. Um, sometimes you can call, but like I've never seen that guy raise the river, only get called and lose, I don't think. Like he always, always, if he's just called, if someone doesn't have the nuts, basically he always wins. He's always got it, you know? So like then it just doesn't matter. Price doesn't mean anything. Like we can say, well, I'm getting 20 to one, but who cares? You're not good 5%. So this is the same thing, right? Like yeah. maybe Jeremy, maybe Toma just knows, like you're saying, Jeremy has it. Jeremy, yeah. absolutely. And if Jeremy was bluffing, he wouldn't have made it 5,500 on the turn. He would have gone all in. Like, right. he's never making it 5,500 to set up a 5K shove as a bluff and never do it. And he's checking back like two pair of hands instantly because he know like all this kind of stuff. And he'd always bet his sets. He just knows all these things. So he's like, guess what? It's ace-queen, like, almost always, and it's super straightforward. And all I need is one mic, and I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. and gonna be traveling the globe and still have time to make it